Dan Lowe goes hard, rattles the back of the net. Fifth goal of the season for the inform Wilson Wawiru. Hits the back of the net. United are back on the Premier League goals already at this venue earlier in the season. Can United add to the collection? Welcome to the Galway Advertiser Keen on Sport podcast with Keen O'Connell, brought to you by SoccerClub.com. Reimagining iconic football shirt designs to give you a treat for your feet. In this week's episode, Salt Hill Devon midfielder Timmy Malloy talks about returning to his home club following a productive stint in the SSE Eritricity League with UCD and Galway United. There is a comprehensive roundup of National Underage League and Galway FA Premier Division action. We start, though, interviewing Mark Herrick, who reflects on his career with Galway United and Cork City, while also talking about Headright Sports, a company focused on player welfare and skill improvement when heading footballs. Mark Herrick's interesting football journey continues. Mark, back involved in the League of Ireland set-up with Galway United. Must be nice to, to be involved, having given such service to the game as, as a player, coach, spectator, you name it. But but being back in with United in the last uh, last year or so, Mark, you you must be delighted to be in there again. It's it's enjoyable, Keen. Thank you. And um, I must say, I I've gone back in from I suppose the end of May or early June, and just as a, another pair of eyes and a support for for John Offield and, and his staff. And you know, it's it's um, I must say, it's 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 the you know local football. It's the it's professional and it's um, very interesting. So, so it's enjoyable, but but very interesting to to be observing what's happening and um, it's heading in the right direction. I think you know, like the setup that's been implemented, Mark. Like you've seen Galway United and various guises down throughout the years, but it really seems that a that a good structure has been implemented and and the importance of full time football. It's 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 crucial, Mark, going forward. Um, I think it's very important for for Ireland that we have full time football. Um, I think it, it's such a it's a wonderful career. Unfortunately, it wouldn't uh, reap the benefits financially here in Ireland as as uh, you would hope. And you know, if we can keep some of our talent here in Ireland playing for our League of Ireland clubs, as opposed to having to go to Cambridge United and Mansfield Town and and lower league teams over in England, um, I think it's 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 wonderful that that you know we don't have to see you know. People emigrating to, to to other countries to pursue a career in something that's a that's a wonderful lifestyle, and you're um, expressing yourself with great ability, and um, hopefully more local people can enjoy that um, by by seeing their family members playing for Galway United, for other League of Ireland clubs, and seeing them week in week out without having to travel over to to England. You know, that's what you had to do, Mark, and casting your mind back to. To, to when that happened, to go over to, to Peterborough at the time, like wh- what was in your mind back then? And like, a very exciting time to, to go across as a teenager to, 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 play, to play as a professional. Yeah, I, I think as the, the, it's the same today, I imagine, when, 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 when players get an opportunity, you, 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 you probably see that, you know, you, you possibly uh, view having a career in football, maybe, you know, down the line, you know, uh, playing for a big club, uh, maybe hope being hopeful of getting a, an international cap and you know as and this is only like any young fella's dream you know and the natural progression or the natural steps to take in order to follow your dreams would have been to um 
to go to England uh, when you get the opportunity. And, and that happened with me. And I, I went over to Peterborough as a, as a young 16-year-old. And um, I spent two years as a, on YTS from 1989 to 1991. Uh, and I didn't make it. And I, I you know, went up to, to Scotland to Wraith Rovers soon after and turned professional up there and spent two years there and um, and came back. And, and thankfully, I was... I was um, fortunate to end up playing for my hometown club after that at, at 20 years of age in Galway. And, um, and um, yeah, I guess enjoy, you know, a League of Ireland career from there, you know. Like when you came back to America, I can remember the time that you, you, you put an awful lot of emphasis on education and, and, and educating yourself at that time. Was that hard, Mark, when you came back in your early 20s to, to kind of put yourself through school again and, and to, 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 to skill yourself up, basically? How hard was that to, to juggle that with the footballer? Was it just something that you felt that you had to do? Um, I, I, I don't think, I, I don't look back on it now as being that hard. Um, I'm genuinely keen. I, I really was only trying to delay time to get my other, another opportunity to go back to England. So I was kind of saying, yeah, I'll do this while, while I'm waiting to get another opportunity to go to England and, and become a professional footballer again. So I, so I said, what's the best way to, to occupy my time while I'm waiting for this other opportunity? And, and with that, you know, with, with support from my family and others, you know, a more obvious choice for me was to, to go to Yates College and finish my leaving cert. Um, and, and do my leaving cert. I'd never done it in the first place. So I spent two years in Yates College and I, I, um, I stuck it out. And, and, and there were challenges because I had been away from uh, academia for four years. So to, to go down that route, um, I must say, you know, I think was, was, was good for me. You know, it was good for me to have that, you know, start thinking about, you know, I suppose working your mind a little bit more and uh, educating yourself and, and perhaps you know, getting some qualifications behind you in the event that football um, wouldn't come to fruition, and that was the case. I I, I wasn't good enough to 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 get to get back to a, a level whereby that could be a career for me. So thankfully, um, the education stood to me, and I, I ended up you know getting a career from it outside of football. That, and there was a balance too, Mark, because at the time there was many good days there in the early nineties and. Of course, the, the, the League Cup success that, that we touch on, but the, like playing for Galway United at that time, you, you had a it was an interesting dynamic in that you probably had a lot of good emerging players alongside experienced players, and you you, you were an you were an emerging player really at that time. Um, I guess I was twenty years of age. Um, you know, regarding young players in the squad, it was a, quite a, an experienced squad that I that I joined in ninety three, um, and that was a a year that many people remember from us going to Crowley Park and, and having, you know, uh, we've an awful lot of people around town have fond memories of that season that we had there. Uh, the players certainly do anyway. And um, I look back on it fondly. I think it was, it was, there was a young enough squad, but you also had many of the players that had won the cup the previous, the previous couple of years. You had your Peter Carpenter, your Stephen Lally and, and Derek Rogers. And, and, and these guys were experienced players in new league of Ireland. And then, I think one of the things that made that season for us and, and not to be underestimated was the signing of Alan Goff. And um, I think Alan Goff, uh, we didn't have Alan for the first few games and we didn't do particularly well. And we were in, um, we were in the sports ground. And then I think Alan possibly uh, joined us and started playing for us soon after we were in Crowley Park. I don't know exact, exactly, but I know I, I thought he, he was absolutely brilliant. And he had come back from either Portsmouth or Fulham, not quite so sure, but... 
um, he brought a whole new dynamic to that dressing room and he was full of it and he had you know he had a bit of an English accent and you know we all kind of responded and 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 with that the dynamic kind of changed and I and I think we went on to to have a memorable season with these with some lovely Galway players and the, the Noel Myrna and 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 then you had Donny Farah and Jumbo and Ali Neary. There was, I just I can riddle off these names and and, and uh, again I it brings a bit of um uh, smile to my face because of the fondness I have for the for the people that were involved at the time and in the season we had there, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. It was like a particularly memorable time for the club. And even the following season, going back to Eamon DC Park, we had the, the lights and, and stuff. There was many memorable nights at that time. But it, as always happens nearly with uh, when uh, I think it was Alfie Hale that said uh, any League of Ireland team, the worst thing that can happen is to become somewhat successful because th- the pain is, is, is inevitable after. And United maybe dwindled for a bit, Mark, and went into the first division. But in that campaign... Was was a League Cup winning campaign, and my abiding memory is the is the three one win in 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 uh, Terryland as it was then, and then the, the game down in Turner's Cross. But you impressed so much in them two games, Mark, that Cork signed you straight away. Yeah, I kind of I just I know that the, the previous summer Cork had made in, or tried to sign me, and I I was under contract at another year left in my contract. Um, we were down the first division, and for a lad who was maybe say twenty three at the time and still having uh, ambitions of going across to England, I didn't want to be playing in the first division. And with that, you know, I I, I was under contract and I stayed with Galway, and we had a very good season under Dennis Clark, and um, I think we won the Shield and we were doing well, and we were getting good crowds to to Terryland Park, and um, and then we had the League Cup success, and then I and then I got the Cork City came in for me again transfer fee involved which which Galway knew because of the, the Bosman ruling I would have been free um the following summer so I guess they they took the few quid that they got and um and I was happy to move to Cork at that time as well and purely with the ambition of of winning something um and um you know maybe becoming a professional footballer again and that's not to do a disservice to Galway we'd won the league cup but uh, you know unfortunately at the time you know to be Having have a vision of maybe winning a league or winning an FAI Cup, not the FA Cup. I'm being unfair there because Galway had won it and are were good enough to. But I think um, step moving on to Cork City um, was good for me at that particular time. You know, definitely, American. I think that's that's fair. I can remember the Turner's Cross, heaving Turner's Cross for the for the League Cup se- final second leg, and then a couple of weeks later, when when I th- I'm almost sure you played for Cork in the FAI Cup against against United, you had massive crowds. So to to be exposed to that with, with Cork City for a few years as a footballer, th- that must have been a, an exciting time too because Cork City, when they're going well, there's few places like like it in the country. Yeah, and I guess the fact that my, my, my father was from, my mother from Cork, I was born in Cork and my family, a lot of my family were there and, um, you know, I was brought up with stories about Cork and, and so, so going back uh, to Cork, you know, was exciting for me and and yeah you, you're right that like I think you know one season there uh, with Cork City we averaged 5,000 in Turner's Cross that's an average gate so if you've got your two and a half thousand you've got your seven and a half thousand as well so I mean like every week every and I, I just look back fondly on, on Sunday afternoons uh, playing League of Ireland and I'm a bit of a tra- traditionalist like that I, I, I just think of uh, daytime football and Sunday afternoons and 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 League of Ireland and in winter and, and a bit of mud and whatever it is and 
And um, yeah, I just, I have fond memories of, of my time in Cork, mostly, and the same with Galway, mostly, you know. You, you mentioned your dad, John, distinguished figure in the game in Galway and, and in Cork, of course. Like, how much of an influence was he uh, on your career, Mark, or, or how, how, how did that work out? Like, was he, a, was he obviously, he was a sounding board, but like, like how, how relevant was football for you growing up and, and, and the discussions about it? Um, I, I, I wouldn't. Um, it was, it was, it was in our house. You know, there was football. We were, we were, we were football people. We, I think we were, uh, we, you know, League of Ireland people. And, and my own father's first cousins had played for for Evergreen and Cork, Cork Athletic in Cork, and and um, John Maloney and Billy Maloney, and they'd be well known Cork footballers as well. So, so I was just brought up with football, like like, like many people, and um, and I guess the fact. You know, often when when your when your father does something, you know it's a, it's sometimes a, a natural thing for for son to follow, and, and and that's what it was. And and you know we were just um, I guess football people, and, and dad was a you know a, a great supporter of me and 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 like that. But you know, um, and he used to give me a hard time too if I if I if he felt I wasn't grafting hard enough or or I wasn't looking after myself as well as I should. And um, so yeah, he 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 often kept me kept me straight, you know. After the spell with Cork, you came back to United, and and alongside that, you, you kind of you, you you had some some good days when you came back to with United. But then you, you you tipped into coaching quite early, Mark. I I um yeah I came back to to Galway United, um and what what was happening was I had qualified for my I'd done a degree in Cork, and I was having to do my HDIP in in education. I had to choose a university to do it in, and my time at Cork was coming to an end in that. Um, the, the manager Lee Murphy didn't see me uh, future for me at the club, and and I had to be thinking, okay, well, I either stay and play Munster Senior League and live in Cork, or because I'll be in UCC, or what university do I pick to do my HDIP? And and I spoke to Jim Brennan, who who was a great mentor of mine um, in the Bish, and Jim said to me, listen, there's an opportunity here for you in our school in the Bish where I had gone myself. So I I then applied for NUIG and the move back to Galway, kind of. Um, materialized to go United, I mean, and uh, so I joined them and, and I had a, a few years there. But I was having some hip problems in my 20s, and you know, by the time I was 31, heading towards 32, I, I wasn't mobile enough for League of Ireland, and, and and that coincided with summer football and the pitches getting harder. And and in a sense, that I, you know, I, the phrase that I've used before is that. I, I didn't I didn't give up football at the time it kind of gave me up I was kind of spat out because I just was starting to become um, too immobile to be able to play at a level that it w- was required you know when when you came back to to to, to be involved like you, you locally you were involved with it with it with a number of teams and and so the, the the coaching was was obviously something that you, you just got into quickly after finishing playing Mark yeah, so so yeah, with the coaching, I I I joined Ren Moore, who I a club I was so fond of, um, and I became the, the the player manager of Ren Moore in the in the junior league here in Galway, and um, you know it was something that I I I um, you know I I felt under a little I'm not saying under a little bit of pressure. It was something I did. I'd been doing it not far off professionally or semi professionally since I was sixteen. And it was something that people would have associated me with football, and I got the opportunity to do it. But, but um, I stayed with Ren Moore for a couple of years, and 
soon afterwards, I, I kind of, I, I, I stopped my involvement in football for a few years and, and took up other hobbies, and which was absolutely brilliant. But it, it's kind of dragged me back. And, and I think that's happened since, uh, since I had a son. And, you know, he's playing locally here with Mario and Moore. And I kind of have ended up, you know, being involved in football and, and I enjoy it. But it's, it's, it's certainly, um, it's just, it's a, it's a part of my life and that's all that it is. Um, and I enjoy it, but uh, I, I would gladly explore other other avenues as well that um, that would interest me. And it doesn't have to be sports, you know. But uh, certainly, um, right now at this moment in time, I, I, I'm I'm enjoying football. Um, it's a different game to the one that I was brought up with. It's changing quite fast. Uh, much of it, some of it for the better, some not. I don't think. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's 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 lovely to have. The hit right mark in, in recent years has really flared to prominence. Can you give us a, just a bit of a background info on, on how the on how head right has developed and your role in it and and, and the I suppose the gap and the, the the opening that you saw there? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a business that that um, I guess I you know founded uh, about five years ago now, and you know it, it evolved from a friend of mine, Damon O'Rourke. Who, who I played with with Cork City, um, I had come up with a, a frame for heading footballs, it, it, an age-old training methodology that that has been used throughout for previous decades at the height of the game, where you suspend a football from above and you you jump and you you head the ball. So it's a, to try and improve your jump and and you can practice getting your timing right. So you know there was nothing really on the market that 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 would do this. So I kind of came up with this frame that was quite crude using pig iron. I got local welder to make it for me and and I used it purely for um allowing players to, to get better at it. And I was involved with Murphy United with, with Johnny Glynn at the time and we used we used to use it with our with our first team that were in the League of Ireland or A League and then the League of Ireland. So I said, it was Damien then said, you know, maybe commercialize it. And, and that was quite interesting. I knew nothing about uh, business and um, being, a, being an entrepreneur or trying to develop a product. So I got a bit of support from Enterprise Ireland when, when I pitched to them about my idea. And, and then we got support that just helped me put things together. And, and then, you know, with, with a team of, of friends and associates who, who I trusted, you know, we 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 ended up bringing a product to the market, which which is um, quite difficult and and, and laborious and um, challenging to bring a hardware product to the market through through um, through research, prototyping, um, compliance, and all the various challenges that that brings. So so yeah, so we've um, got this training system we call it because you know it's it's not as just something crude hanging from a, a piece of metal. It's a, it's a way of doing something, and and this way of doing something we have proven is a safer way of doing it. And this all coincided with uh, much more of the, the revelations to do with heading footballs and its association with long-term damage. So, so we knew it was you know, less impacts. You don't have to use a match weight ball and, and you do get better at heading. And we said, well, if the skill is in the game, if we're going to keep heading the football the way we do, whether it's a right thing or a wrong thing to do, um, we need to be able to practice it to some level and, and this is where we kind of fit into this this niche position. It's been very successful, though, Mark. Rolled across. I know the pandemic maybe has hit it so much. You can you can you can tell us about that. But the the it's been hugely successful that a number of clubs, prominent clubs throughout the world, uh, have come on board. 
Yeah, you know, it's it's successful in that we have you know validation by by, by many who 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 see the merits in what we're doing. Um, you know, it's 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 lovely that our leading League of Ireland clubs uh, use our system and that we've Shamrock Rovers and and Shelburne and Cork City and Sligo Rovers and Galway United. Um, it, it's a it's a business because of economy of scale that we we can't make money at this business unless it's a mass market product. And it may become that, it may not. I don't know, but but ultimately, as a journey in, in in what we've done, we've met a lot of friends, and we've turned a lot of heads globally. And at the very height of the game, we've done this, and and we were very proud last year. One of the achievements that that we were able to to um, I suppose influence was the UEFA heading guidelines. So UEFA came up with their guidelines in a year and a half ago in June, and. Um, on it, they, they clearly state the appropriate use of foam footballs uh, as a way of learning to head the ball. And, and thankfully, it was Noel Mooney, who had been with the FAI, um, passed on the research that we had done using our system. And he passed it on to the medical community of, the U, of UEFA. And they, um, you know, fitted it into their guidelines. And, and that, that, was, that was lovely. So irrespective of what happens, I don't know where this is going. I would love, I would love to think that uh, this type of training, whether it be us or someone else, um, brings it forward for the greater good. I think, um, you know, I'm now so cognizant of the fact that it, it seems quite strange to be heading match weight balls repetitively and, and training methodologies have got to change. And um, like that, I think our campaigning has has helped has helped in some way. You know, it's not, it's not uh, the only way. Many, many, so much work has been done by by um, the Jeff Assel Foundation, the, the research going on in England. So we're, we're kind of a preventative solution to this heading problem is what, you know, we seem to have um, uh, been labelled as. And you've become part of the conversation in it, Mark. Yeah, it's, 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 it's lovely to be mentioned in, in, in the heights of this when, when, when people are talking about heading football. So, so you know, um, and, you know, this, this is a... I don't know. I, I don't know where it's going because many feel that heading might be taken out of the game, and if that be the case, uh, so be it. Will we be looking in, in in ten years' time that there's no such thing as heading, or you know, if there there are many believe this would be hugely drastic change football as we know it because um, federations like the the in USA and um, have found that when you change that rule and stop heading in football matches, there's there's no corners don't is not an advantage and kids are kicking balls out and of play knowing that if they give away a corner the, the opposition don't have an advantage from it and, and other things are feet in the air if, if 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 you can't head the ball so so the knock-on effect of taking heading out of the game you know would also have to be addressed but at the same time if that is the case so be it but we're 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 not part of the noise around that we're more saying listen when there is heading in football, you know, we need to have a safer way of practicing this and the appropriate use of foam balls in the, in, in, in the methodologies we use um, seems to have uh, turned some heads and, and feel that there's merit in what we're doing. Has the pandemic impacted it, Mark, in that it seemed from afar that you were, it was really beginning to generate momentum and maybe you were able to go and explore different possibilities, but obviously with travel restrictions, et cetera, has that impacted or is, is it a factor at all? No, it, it has. I mean, we, we had been invited 
gentleman brought it out to, to myself and Derek Collin, who's very much part of Headright Sports. I played with Derek at Cork City, a good friend of mine. So we've been brought out to to, to Florida by by a gentleman, and and we've had various amount of investors um, look at what we're doing or possibly being acquired. So we've come close to 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 this, but we we haven't found the right partner or suitor yet. Um, but the pandemic influenced it in that our product is manufactured in Tipperary and um, with the cost rose with bringing in goods um, bringing in um, some of our, our the, the supply chain has, has been influenced by it. So with that, we're just still proving the market um, continuing on with the research and being in a place where we have several sales coming up and we kind of go, look, we, 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 it's, it's not for every club and when we get an inquiry comes into us we kind of go okay is this something that you'll benefit from will you use it properly so we only really go and further our connections with clubs when we feel that uh, there's a right fit um, so that's not a sustainable business plan and that's why I think you know it requires somebody with um, great resources to help scale this up and and if that happens in a year's time so be it if it happens in five years time and 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 i'm still motivated to do what i'm doing you know i'm i'm, I'm happy as well finally mark your passion for the game endures it, it does yeah you know and i think my passion for football is influenced by my my passion for people and i've met some wonderful wonderful people and made some great friends in football and that's continuing and evolving on a daily basis so so i'm, I'm very grateful for what i have and i'm very grateful for my involvement in football locally here in galway with mario and more fc with go united and um yeah um one day at a time it, I, i'm enjoying it you know Thanks a million, Mark, for talking football with us and best of luck with United and with Mary or more for the, for the rest of the season. Thanks a million, King. Great, great, great being on your podcast. I really enjoy it. A fifth win in a row ensures Noel MacDonald's Merview United remain perched on the summit of the Galway FA Premier Division table. In a keenly contested league, champions Athen Rye notched a fourth victory on the trot with Salt Hill Devon and West United also enjoying decent starts to the campaign. The prolific end occurring too, Johnny Hannafin, Hakeem Ryan and Aaron Malloy all scored for Merview, who overpowered a gutsy Lockray outfit 5-2. Kieran Brand struck twice for Lockray, who are in FAI Junior Cup action against Mary Oren Moore this weekend. Adam Duffy contributed the only goal of a tight game as Athen Rye fended off St Bernard's spirited challenge. Stephen Walsh's Galway Hibernians produced a fine display to beat Carab Rangers at Bower Moor. Dean Colnan, Shane Walsh, Jay McPhilbin, Jason McDonough and Alex Murphy clipped goals for Hibs. Unfortunate in a number of fixtures so far, Colmanstown earned a first success of the campaign, defeating Carob Celtic 2-1. Curl Hardyman and Ryan Noon scored for Colmanstown, with Shane Concanon summoning a response for Carob Celtic. A team showing real signs of improvement, Mario and Moore triumphed away to Tume Celtic. Luke Smith, Andrew Connolly and Princewell Diala struck goals for Marior and Moore. Sunday's meeting between St Bernard's and Colemanstown will be a revealing fixture. Bernard's commenced the season impressively and were defiant against Athen Roy, but Colemanstown should provide a stern test in Abinach Moy. At O'Connor Park in the Swamp, West United host Carob Celtic in an important tussle for both clubs. Several interesting clashes are scheduled in the FEI Junior Cup, with Toome facing Athenry on Friday evening. 
West Coast are at home to Merview and Marior and Moore B play Hibs on Saturday afternoon. Victor Collins' Salthill Devon meet Carab Rangers on Sunday in another All-Premier Division encounter. Timmy Malloy, you're back to where it all started with Salthill Devon and you're enjoying being back in action uh, in the Galway District League. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a good crack. Uh, a lot of familiar faces in Salt Hill and I really enjoyed up there. Uh, and hopefully we can make a push for the title. It seems to be a really wide open race. You had a great win the first day of the season against Murview, a really accomplished performance. But since then, I'm sure you're probably slightly disappointed that you, you drew a couple of games away from home and it uh, just probably shows that the, the league is, is fairly even at the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's like two different leagues, I suppose. All the home games and on the Astro, like we have a kind of inherent advantage up there, even though, you know, we still have loads of tough games up there. But getting the wins away from home, we've struggled over the last couple of seasons. But, you know, we didn't lose any games and hopefully the away form will improve towards the end of the year. Having been in the League of Ireland for a number of years, Timmy, how would you assess the standard of the... The, the junior game at the moment in Galway. From the outside looking in, it seems that it's improving. You have a lot of you have a lot of play, good players, ex-League of Ireland players, and a lot of younger players who maybe played under 19, under 17 with Galway and I did involved. But what, what did your assessment be? I know it's definitely good. Quite good, yeah, yeah. It's it's a different beast altogether, really, like because um maybe the pitches aren't as good, they're smaller, teams maybe don't play in the same kind of style. Um but there's definitely a lot of good players on display and, it, it, you know, the top four or five teams are very good, really, like. Growing up, Timmy, sport was always a, a central part of your life. Like, your 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 family is really steeped in sport, various different sports. You Claire, of course, uh, who recently retired as a, as a rugby international. Then you had other brothers and sisters who represented Ireland in rowing and hockey at, at various levels. So it, it must have always been an important part to growing up. Oh, massive, yeah, absolutely, like, um, yeah, we've all done our part in, in different sports, I suppose, and yeah, my sister's only recently right now, um, yeah, yeah, that's very supportive in that way, like, and driving us everywhere from the age of 10. Playing with Salt Hill growing up, you, like you, you obviously went in and played, they were in the League of Ireland at that time, you played it as, as a teenager, like, casting your mind back not that long ago, but maybe a decade or so ago, just a bit under it, like to, to get in as a teenager at that time, like growing up, playing with, with Salt Hill teams, did you, did you go on good Irish Cup runs as a, like when you were, when you were a teenager, can you like the, the, the guys you would have played with, who, what stands out in the mind at this stage? The best we did was get to two semi-finals, back-to-back years, I think it was 15, under 15s, maybe under 16s. Um, like said, like Colum Horgan would have been playing on us then, and Alex Byrne, he used to play with Guy Knight, uh, Connor Barry as well. Um, but we never made it to full way. And um, that's why you'd still be dreaming now with the, jun- the junior, like, you know, you can kind of, there's a holy grail there, like, where you could potentially win the FA Cup with the junior if you could get a good run and playing the Aviva. So that'd be definitely something um, on the minds of all the lads up in Devon now at the moment, like. Definitely, the guys you reference have all forged good careers in the game and, and play well for Galway United and for 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 other clubs. But when when you came in to play to 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 play as a teenager in the League of Ireland First Division as it was then, and obviously gave you an opportunity to go to to UCD, and that that was a 
big decision probably Timmy to 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 move to Dublin but it, it, I'm sure it's something that uh was very worthwhile the way you were able to balance football and your studies. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um I I suppose I always wanted to move away like, you know, the option was there going I had just started when I went to UC in Fresher. Um and the option was there to stay at home like, but I just I honestly just wanted to move out of the house to get a you know, a college experience away from home with also in UCD, obviously, is unreal opportunity to play football as well. Um, but I was always going to go go somewhere anyway, you know. When you, when you went there, uh, Timmy, do you, you initially played, I think, with the Leinster Senior League side for a while before playing with, with the, the League of Ireland team? So they're, like, they're, they're, the standard is, is great. They're, they've loads of good players every year. Oh, yeah, very good. Um, and the Leinster Senior League at the time when I was playing uh, in my first year they were in the top league in Dublin like it's basically it's the third best league in the country really like do you know the likes of Crumlin and, and Moctis and these teams that we going far in the Intermediate FAI Cup um, so it was a great it was a great easing into kind of the League of Ireland stuff up there was playing a bit of, a bit of time with that team as well first When you played with UCD you, you, you played in a First division team, really strong team that went well in the first division. And it seems to be that UCD nearly come like that in waves where they might have a might be building a team for a year or two, and then all of a sudden they 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 go really well in the first division and 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 sustain themselves in the premier for a while. But I suppose it's just the cyclical nature of guys moving on. It's just it's just hard for them to to maintain it over a sustained period. Yeah, it's, it's virtually impossible to with maintain it. Um as has been shown, like the, the the UCD won it 10 years ago before the team I was on that won it. Um, and the exact it was the exact same thing happened. Like, you know, where everybody plays for about half a year in the Premier Division with UCD and then they go their separate ways. Um, I suppose at the time when I was playing towards the end, it, it's only students that are allowed to play anymore, um, which makes it even harder for them to compete at the highest level, even though they do compete fairly well in the first division at the moment. Um but yeah, that's my memories up there, definitely. I haven't stepped away from the League of Ireland uh, this year, Timmy. Would you keep an eye on it, or would you, or you just move on and just concentrate on Salt Hill, or would you, would you be watching United or watching UCD a bit? I'd watch this more, but like I'm more, I'm more a United fan, really. I like this is where I'm from. Um, and I was sort of wishing them well, hoping they'd win it this year. And I see they're supposed to still make it through in a playoff, which would be tricky. Like whoever's coming down is going to be a tough tough side to get past but I'd say they have a decent shot especially with John Last year was so unfortunate you were played a central role in the, the closing stages of the season where John brought United on a great run and it, it nearly ended up in glory the, the, the defeat against, against Longford at, uh, at, at the UCD Bowl was a, it was a bit of a setback but I'm sure you were happy to have represented Galway United when you had taken the decision to move to UCD when, when the opportunity was there previously but I'm sure it's something that you were you, you were happy to do to, to play for United oh definitely yeah 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 I always wanted to do it definitely wanted to take off the bucket list um, and I would have I would love to play longer like it's just the fact that you've gone full time now it's not really an option anymore like um, no but I had a great time there R- really really great great lads and um, it was especially good obviously when John came in like and we went on a bit of a run um, just saying, shame it just ended with a bit of a whimper against Langford, where we didn't really play well. 
but there's pl- plenty of challenges ahead in the in the Salt Hill jersey, as you mentioned. You, you, I'm sure you'd love to go on a, the the FAI Junior Cup run and and the the, the local Premier League. We obviously be uh, serious contenders for the title alongside the likes of Athen Roy, Merview, uh, and others. So it's it's like you're. I'm sure the the enjoyment aspect of just playing is is something that's maybe overlooked sometimes, Timmy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I suppose yeah, you can get lost sometimes when uh, you're playing League of Ireland, and I suppose there's another aspect of playing the juniors. It's local, like and uh, you know you might have a bit more crack with the lads you've grown up with and you've more familiarity with the other teams it could be boys that's grown up beside you as well um where the league of ireland can be at times you know boys from all over and mercenaries coming in and they play one year and they go and so there's no no as much attachment to the clubs and so i'm sure it's nice to go back playing with salt hill due to that the fact you're, you're probably there's probably a few guys that you would have played with underage and guys you just know from around the town etc yeah yeah definitely yeah Although, to be fair, it's all time they do have their fair share of blow and playing with the club <laughs> at the moment. But that's just that's part and parcel of Galway life, really, too, isn't it? That yeah, 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 move. yeah. But uh, no, we, we wish you well for the rest of the season. You've uh, West uh, at Drome next Wednesday. That's the, the next on the agenda, I think. Yeah, big game, definitely. Like, um, you have to be looking at those games against West, Athenay, Merview, um, Carp Celtic. You know, a lot, a lot of the better sides, like, you need to get the better of them over the two games you play them. Um, if you want to win a league, like, there's no getting around it, really. Like, you know, we can't. We need to get the better of that tonight in the two games we play them. We need definitely get the better of Merview in the two games we play them. And the same with West. Uh, or you have no chance of winning it. Um, so hopefully now we start, we can get the three points on Wednesday, like, because it's... it's it's necessary, really, that. Well, we wish you well for the rest of the campaign and thanks a million for talking football with us, Timmy. Oh, no, no bother, man. Thanks a million, no. Cheers having me. Martin Devlin's Galway United under-17s face Shelburne at the AOL Complex in a Mark Farron Cup semi-final on Saturday. With David Tarmy in impressive attacking form and Mark O'Halloran and Stephen Healy continuing to impress, United will be hoping to advance to a national decider. A talented Shells outfit, managed by former Republic of Ireland international Damien Duff, features a string of extremely promising players, so a demanding challenge awaits in the capital. Galway WFC's under-19s enjoyed an excellent 4-0 Cup semi-final triumph over Shelburne on Sunday. Phil Trill's accomplished team will now play DLR Waves in the final next month. Significant hope and expectation is attached to this crop, with several of the squad already regulars for Stephen Lally's first team. Galway WFC, though, were still able to bring a strong squad with Hannah Walsh, Kate Slevin, Saoirse Healy, Abby Callanan, Evie Donnelly, Nicole McNamara and Avine Costello featuring in the WNL this year. M.O. Donoghue, Donnelly and Callanan too scored for Galway, who will be eager to claim silverware at this level. Galway WFC under-17s suffered a disappointing home loss to Donegal in the league and face another tough test away to Peamount on Saturday. Garamila Mahakia sucked the bell in. Galway United host Wexford FC in the SSE Electricity League on Friday evening at Eamon DC Park. Good night, Low.